Hey there, Jeremy. Hey, Neil. Well, football's back. That is true. I have, uh, I've, I'm in my feels right now. So, uh, in a lot of different feels, that's for sure. Yes, for sure. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's hard to get excited for me about football, although I'm still excited about football. Hmm? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's hear the, uh, theme that we tweaked a little bit again and then get into some stuff we got a a lot of stuff today sounds good (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna predict that that's gonna be a a (laughs) smashing success (laughs) i'm not saying i'll kill a snitch but (laughs) they can make you wear pants Welcome to Talk About Town, the local Louisville podcast about culture, art, food, and sports. And now, here's your hosts with the most, Neil and Jeremy. All right, so um, we've got a guest today that we did an interview with yesterday, Um it's a fairly serious topic. Um, I don't know. I guess we, we should say a little bit of a content warning on that one. I guess there, there's some sen- sensitive subject matter. Yeah. We were super fortunate to have our guest on um, for her to take the time to do it. And it's a powerful subject. It's a, her story is powerful. Um, and what she's doing is powerful and, and, um, I'm excited that our listeners get to hear it. Should we set that up and then, uh, and then maybe lighten the mood a little bit towards the end? Yeah, I think so. Well, do we want to, do we want to go ahead and plug Chad? Yep. Let's hear from our sponsor, Chad Hennessy. Hello, I'm Chad Hennessy with InsureMax. If you're exploring options for your insurance coverage, let me and my staff help with taking the burden off your shoulders. We at InsureMax are a locally owned independent insurance agency providing options and flexibility. This allows us to design coverage for your auto, home, business, and life insurance specifically for your needs. Please contact me, Chad Hennessy, at 502-479-4085 or email me at chadh at insuramax.com. InsuraMax looks forward to removing the stress of insurance shopping for you. All right. Um, great insurance agent. Love it. Yep. Good, good, good guy. And, uh, and a, and a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy and he's good at what he does. All right. So um, again, as Neil alluded to, this is a little heavy, but um, we are very excited to have our guest, Whitney Austin, on with us. Um, so those of you who may not know, Whitney Austin was um, a victim in a Fountain Square shooting in Cincinnati, uh, where she was shot 12 times. Um, and she'll go into some detail about her story, and also um, her organization. Um, and we're, again, super excited to have her. Well, we want to welcome Whitney Austin, we're very, very privileged to have Whitney with us, and 
I don't know if you know Whitney's story, but I'm not going to tell it for you. I will let her talk to you about it. And also Whitney has an event coming up. So we want to get into that some, but uh, Whitney, thank you for being on Talk About Town with Neil and me. Well, thanks for having me. So you're from Louisville, right? Yes. Lived here almost my whole life, but almost born here. Life. Yes. And before we get into real specific details about very specific things that are coming <laughs> up, what would you mind, you know, telling us a little bit about just you, you know, just personally, like, you know, married, kids, sure. life at home, stuff like that? Yeah, a, a Louisvillian born in, uh, Fern, well, born at Norton Hospital, but grew up <laughs> in um, Fern Creek, went to the traditional schools, Audubon, TMS, Mayo, spent almost every bit of my childhood in the arts in some way, whether it was playing the flute or singing or dancing or show choir, I just, it kept me out of trouble. Granted, I don't know that I ever would have been in trouble. I was very straight laced and um, ended up even staying around town to do both my undergraduate degree and my master's degree at UofL. So I, I did have a couple of, yes, I did have a couple <laughs> years where I left with my family and lived in Chicago and St. Louis and it was an amazing experience but we found our way back here and I am a mother I have a little boy and a little girl and a wonderful uh, artistic artist husband yeah so um in, in full disclosure I, I do know Whitney a little bit and I did know that she had a husband and two lovely children but uh <laughs> did want to give the opportunity to talk about it a little now, bit. Now, if we're disclosing, um, I don't know Whitney well, but we were on a trivia team one time. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure she was an excellent comp uh, competitor. Yeah, our, well, our team was good, and we had a lot of random knowledge from other people, but there was this other group that they just knew everything, so. Yeah, all I know is we didn't win. It only yeah. sticks in my memory if we win, <laughs> and I know we didn't, so. Oh, well, yeah. Well, um, so what do you got going on, Whitney? So as far as the event is concerned? Yeah, sure. Start with that. Okay. So my organization, Whitney Strong, was established to fight gun violence. And I assume we'll kind of back into that with my story. But mm -hmm, sure. the biggest thing for the organization is our annual fundraising gala, which we prefer to be in person, but of course, COVID is impacting our ability to do that right now. And we want to keep people safe. So we have pivoted to virtual and it will be September 25th at 7 p.m. It's called A Night for Life Reflections on Survival. And we will take four gun violence survivors from the city of Louisville and pair them with Louisville artists to share their stories and really in a way that only art can do. I already mentioned my entire childhood consisted of the arts and when I am trying to really just re-energize myself for the work at Whitney Strong, oftentimes I gravitate to the arts. And so it seemed like the perfect opportunity to not only reshare my story, but the story again of other survivors in Louisville. So we will use 
For me, it will be Ben Soleil and uh, Josh Ford, a choreographer and dancer. And then for some of the other survivors, we'll have rap artists, we'll have gospel, we'll have visual art. It's, it's just going to be really unique. So I get it, we can't be in person. It's not what we wanted it to be, but I think this will be different than your average. I'm gonna sit down and watch Zoom for an hour and people are gonna ask me to make a donation. I think this will be very moving. Um, and I hope that it will be very inspiring to people considering just how difficult life is right now. Absolutely. Well, um, and always, and I'm glad that I was able to uh, introduce you as Whitney Austin because I always think of you as Whitney Strong. That's uh, <laughs> I, I associate those two. Um, just that's I, Whitney Strong, Whitney Strong. Um, but uh, your name is Whitney Austin. So. I guess we've alluded to it a little bit for those that don't know, um, you know, I, and I'm very familiar with the situation, obviously. Um, Whitney is a survivor um, and uh, it was two years ago, right? Yeah, we just had the two year anniversary on the sixth. Yeah, and, it's, and she's been featured um, in national news stories. Um, not really the reason you necessarily want to be featured, but she's, use this platform to um, create a lot of awareness. And um, it's just, I think the work that you're doing is awesome. Um, I think Neil probably does too. Um, but I do. If you, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your story for those people that may not know, we'd certainly appreciate that. Sure. It's the reason I do the work at Whitney Strong and just to start out with some humor all the time, people say Whitney Strong, they've just forgotten and or they never knew that my last name was Austin, so you're not the only one. But before any of this happened, I often was called Whitney Houston because <laughs> think of the most famous Whitney that ever walked the earth, it was Whitney Houston. And the fact that my last name is Austin, another city in Texas, just all the time, Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston. So um, I always think that's a little bit funny. but. To not be humorous now, uh, September 6, 2018, it was the Thursday after Labor Day, and I was, it, it should have been a normal work day. I worked for Fifth Third Bank, had my entire professional career, and really the last six or seven years had been in Cincinnati a lot, managing some projects. And so it wasn't abnormal for me to hit the road 71 up to Cincinnati any given weekday. So I remember my kids asking for a second kiss, which was a little different and special. And I'm glad that I obliged because sometimes, you know, you're in such a rush, you just try to get out the door and hopped in the car and pass the time like usual with some work calls and some podcasts. And then as I started the descent into Cincinnati, I had to jump onto a conference call and it was just with a few other ladies, but it was one of those topics that we just, we needed to solve the problem. We had already had three or four calls and I was just really focused. Let's not do this again. Let's not waste any more time. Let's solve this problem. So I lost connectivity as I parked uh, underground below Fountain Square. And then when I started to come up from the parking garage, I dialed back into that conference call and then just continued walking 
across Fifth Street to Fountain Square, not really paying any attention to what was going on around me. And had I paid attention, I think, you know, I would have noticed that it was eerily calm. There weren't any people in the square, which was abnormal for, you know, 9 a.m. on a Thursday. And I walked up to the revolving door for um, the Fifth Third headquarters right there in Fountain Square. And I noticed that there was a hole in the door and that the glass was shattered, but it didn't, it didn't make me pause long enough to think I shouldn't go into that door, more just, well, that's a little weird, but I'm on this call, I wanna solve this problem. So I, against my better judgment, I pushed with my right arm into that revolving door. And as soon as I did is when I was hit with the first barrage of bullets that hit my right arm across my chest into my left arm. And I just collapsed with the weight of it. And, and of course, so many thoughts flowed through my mind. I first thought, those are bullets. You know, there's nobody around me. Nobody has a knife. That has to be what this burning sensation is. This has to be um, a shooting. And then second of all, this has to be a mass shooting. There, there seems, in my mind, there can't be any other explanation for this. And I've read about this a lot, that this has to be what's happening to me. And I started to go through, what can I do? How can I get out of this situation? How can I live, essentially? And I wasn't strong enough to lift my body up, you know, to run away out of that door. I tried to look out on the square. Maybe there would be someone to rescue me, but again, completely empty. And lastly, I thought, well, I'll call 911. That's the only thing I can do. And as soon as I went to move my left arm, it was like a dummy arm. It wouldn't work. And then the second barrage of bullets came. And then I started thinking, this is it. Number one, if I keep moving, whoever's shooting me is going to shoot more. So I need to just play dead. And secondly, I, I don't have any other way out of the situation. This is as bad as it gets. And I can remember thinking about my kids and my husband and my family and just, you know, this, this is it. This is, this, this is awful, right? And then all of a sudden, I saw out of the corner of my eye a Cincinnati police officer. And now I'm very close to him. His name is Alfonso Staples. Uh, but I immediately thought, okay, I'm not, I'm not giving up now. I'm going to live. This man is going to save me. And so I started to communicate with him. I screamed, I have a five and a seven-year-old. You have to save me. And he said, there's a five and a seven-year-old in there. And I said, no, 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 they're not in there. They're at home. They're safe. But you have to save me. I am their mother. And I didn't know, unbeknownst to me, there are officers everywhere. They're tracking the shooter. And at that moment, I couldn't be saved because they needed to ensure that they took care of the shooter and that no one else could be harmed. But to give you a time frame, from the moment that I was shot to the moment that Cincinnati Police Department arrived, it was exactly one minute. And so while it felt like an eternity to me, it was in reality a very short window of time. Of course, so many thoughts flowing through my mind. And so they did uh, take down the shooter. He did not live. And they immediately ran up to rescue me. And I was actually okay enough from the waist down that I walked out. Now, 
don't remember that. I've seen a video of it. They had to help me, but I walked out and then they laid me down right on the uh, bench outside of the building at the flagpole and tended to me until EMS could arrive and then get me as fast as possible over to the hospital. There are obviously a lot more details. I won't go into all of them, but it all boils down to my husband raced Lake Abanshi with my mother-in-law up 71. So did my parents. They arrive and they're told that I'm a miracle. I was shot 12 times, but not once did a bullet hit a major organ or artery. And now doing the work that I do, you know, it just takes one, it just takes one bullet to hit in the wrong place, but yet 12 entered and exited my body and I'm okay. It, it is truly a miracle. And so I've struggled with why and how and all of those things, but I kind of gave up on it and said, it doesn't matter. What matters is you were given this gift. You have to do something with it. And so I feel like I, I have, and I do every day through Whitney Strong. And that's trying to ensure that others don't experience this and not necessarily just mass violence, any type of gun violence. So that that's the story. Well, it really, <laughs> I mean, it's an amazing story. And, um, just, you know, what you do remember, the fact that you remember it so vividly, um, you know, I, I think is maybe it's testament to your strength. And because so many, I know I've heard a lot of, um, you know, victims of traumatic events, they black out, they don't, they don't, they go into shock, they don't remember so much of it. Um, and so to hear you tell it, it's really chilling, like it literally brings tears to my eyes. I'm thinking about my own children and um, I heard in an interview, you said that you, um, are like the luckiest person alive. Um, not a lot of people that have been shot 12 times may, may have that perspective. And I think, again, just a testament to your strength. So, I mean, Whitney Strong is certainly apropos. Um, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm awed of just your courage and your strength. And, um, I really appreciate, uh, just, you know, I don't know, not, not that you've, not what you've been through, but I appreciate the fact that you've been through this and you're like, this is going, I'm going to do this because of this, you know, and we're going to turn um, something really bad into something really positive after, you know, after time um, to help others. And I, th I think that's awesome. Well, thank um, you. I cared yeah. about preventing gun violence before this happened to me, but I think this is important to hear. I had every excuse in the book for why I didn't have time to volunteer or help an organization and not just to prevent gun violence. God knows we have plenty of issues that need volunteers and help. And um, I just thought I'm too busy. I've got a very busy career. I've got two little kids. I've got too much. So I'm just gonna do the things that I can do and that is not true. You can do more than you ever thought. You just need to make it a priority. And so when I was in that door and I saw Al and thought, I'm going to live, I promise you that one of the many, many thoughts that went through my head was, I'm, I'm going to live and I'm going to do something about this because I'm going to have to. And so I just encourage anybody that feels strongly about any issue 
to carve out some space and make some time to help because your work can make a difference. Absolutely. I mean, it's a heck of a message. Yeah. My, my cousin and uh, best friend, and I don't think he'd mind me saying he's very open about who he is, but he came out um, as gay when he was 25. And I've always been a very open and accepting person, but I always say he gave me a reason to fight for the cause, so to speak, you know, volunteer with fairness and get out there and go to events and speak my mind and all those things, which, um, yeah, but I mean, it, like you said, it, it doesn't, you don't have to have, you know, you don't have to be shot 12 times. You don't have to have a close family member that's, you know, to, to be an advocate. And uh, it's one thing to be, you know, it's one thing to say things and post things on social media. It's another thing to actually get out there and do something. And um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously you're doing it. So it's pretty, yeah. pretty special. And one thing I really appreciate about Whitney Strong is that it approaches stopping gun violence through education and legislation. And at a time where everything is a hot button issue, you're working bipartisanly. Lord knows we need that. And it's, it's education and common sense stuff. Cause you've got some legislation uh, coming down the pipe in Ohio, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. And it's all common sense stuff. Like, you know, we're not, we're not coming to take everybody's guns. We're not, um, we're not, you know, we're not doing something. I don't see, I don't see where there's a place to disagree with your message because nobody that I know of is in favor of gun violence. Right. Right. I think a lot of things get misconstrued in this fight. And when Waller, that's my husband, and I spent that week in the hospital after the shooting. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't move my body all that much, but my mind was very active, and we thought a lot about how can we approach this differently, because there are many organizations that are fighting gun violence, but in states like Kentucky and Ohio, where we are primarily focused, nothing, nothing has changed at the legislative level. And at that point, it had almost been eight years since Sandy Hook had occurred. And I just thought, I I can't have that. I can't have another eight years without any progress. We have to do something. And so we concluded that it is because uh, everyone has not been involved in this fight. It's not an inclusive So if you can find a way to pull both Republicans and Democrats into the conversation and gun owners and non-gun owners, now you really stand a chance in states like Kentucky and Ohio. And furthermore, we own guns, right? So we are gun owners, but yet this horrible thing has happened to us. And politically, we are very centrist-minded So we know a lot of people like us and we can make change. We just have to get them vocal. We have to get them involved. Mm -hmm. And so that was the idea. Uh, The organization was actually established officially three weeks after the shooting, all in time for the big Good Morning America interviews and all that stuff. Um, But then it took many more months to figure out, you know, exactly what is our mission and what are our guiding principles and who's going to be on the board and all of those things. Um, But we, we simplified in that if we're going to pursue a solution, which we're the kind of board and organization that actually executes on our solutions, we don't, you know, 
collect money to have other people do it. We're the ones doing it. Then all of our solutions have to do meet two criteria. One, they have to be majority supported. So legit polling data that suggest, hey, this piece of legislation is something that everybody can get behind, or at least 80 or 90% of Americans can get behind it. Uh, and then secondly, it needs to be uh, effective. And if you are focused on incremental wins like we are, and, and you know you're not going to do a ton of stuff, but you're going to do important stuff, you need to make sure that, that it's actually going to save lives. So um, we have three uh, strategic priorities that we're focused on for 2020. Only one is legislation. So you mentioned Ohio. Um, we have a piece of legislation in each state. So in Ohio, it is Strong Ohio. And luckily, it's backed by Governor DeWine, which makes a big difference. Uh, when you have the governor's support, when a governor introduces a gun violence prevention bill, bill it has 17 different components uh, to help reduce gun violence across the state. And while we need much more than an introduction, I feel very um, good about the future and the chances of its passage. In Kentucky, we're focused on a piece of legislation that is very narrow in scope. Um, it is referred to as CAR, which is C-A-R-R, -R, Crisis Aversion and Rights Retention Order. And what it would do is allow for helping in a situation, whether it's mass violence or it's suicide, ensuring that someone that's going through a crisis moment for whatever reason, maybe it's mental illness, like what happened to me with my shooter, or maybe it's something else entirely, but helping separate that person temporarily from their firearm. And the second part is really key because it's not found anywhere else in the country getting them the help that they need so that they can get better, so that they can go back to being, you know, reunited with their firearm and in a better place than where they were before. And so that one, I'm also very proud of, in order to move that one forward, we've pulled in state senators, Morgan McGarvey, Julie Rocky Adams, and Paul Hornback. And it's a big deal. It's a big deal to be able to have Republicans and Democrats, rural and urban in the state of Kentucky working together on a piece of legislation. I will tell you, this one's going to be a lot harder. Uh, there's no governor backing it. Um, so if, if this piece of legislation speaks to anybody that's listening, uh, we need all the help that we can get. And you can volunteer. You can go to WhitneyStrong.org and fill out a volunteer form um, to help us. So those are the two pieces of legislation. I won't go into great detail with the other two priorities, but the second one is focused on suicide prevention. 60% of gun deaths are attributed to, to suicide and more than 50% of suicides are completed with guns. So we, we've got to do something about reducing those numbers. And then our other strategic priority is all about community work. And you mentioned instructing people on how to be safe with their firearms, how to use gun locks, how to apply a tourniquet if there's uncontrolled bleeding, it's, it's work like that. And those are our three big things and who knows what 2021 will bring, but that's what we're focused on right now. Awesome. I, that's uh, a really, the statistic about suicide um, is pretty alarming number, 60% um, of people taking their own lives. Um, my uh, namesake, my middle name, Greg, is uh, my um, uncle 
um, died before I was born, obviously make namesake, but he took his own life at 30 years old. So that was uh, with a gun. And um, I've always felt this strong connection to him, even though I didn't know him. My grandmother, also no longer with us, but um, she was always, um, she always said I had his sweetness. So I always, uh, you know, I'm sure he obviously had his flaws, um, but everybody talked about how great Greg was. And I, um, so, you know, I won't claim that I'm great, but I, uh, but I do, I've always felt this connection to him. Um, and uh, yeah, and obviously, you know, that just, it hits home when you mention that. So that's pretty crazy. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that your family members, you know, dealt with that before you were born. I think it's really important for people to understand that suicide is, is often an impulsive decision. And if there is no firearm readily available and they have to attempt with another means, many of those other means are significantly less, less lethal than a firearm. And so right. that's what our focus is, is making sure that whether you're a psychiatrist or a therapist or, a, you know, just a lay person that you understand that lethality and you do everything you can to make sure that people that are struggling, struggling with suicidal thoughts just don't have access to their firearm or anyone's firearm during that period, because you can really make a huge impact on saving lives. Right. Well, I think that, um, and, you know, I'm not, I assume that you, you may agree with this, but I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but so much of what people are feeling is temporary, but the action of suicide is so permanent. Right. Do you have any other questions, Neil, for Whitney at this point? Um, no, I, w- I would love for her to let us know how we can find her online, find her event uh, and once again, the details for it, because I think it's it's a great event that is important. So we know you've got WhitneyStrong.org. What else do you have? Yes. So you can follow along on social media. Our handle is at WhitStrongOrg, and we're on all the channels, minus TikTok. Sorry, I don't, don't have time for that. <laughs> but maybe, maybe someday we'll be on TikTok. And then... Uh-huh. For the event, or quite honestly, anything you want to do, you want to volunteer, you want to donate, um, you can find all of that on WhitneyStrong.org and then a night forward slash a night for life. And a night for life again is the event that is Friday, September 25th. It starts at 7 p.m. It'll be about one hour. And we're really excited to bring the arts to you and stories of gun violence survivors to you. So tickets are $50 or $100. And the latter, um, if you if you want to do the latter for $100, you get a charcuterie tray, a bottle of wine, and there is a bit of a deadline. So it is next Friday the 18th. You got to get in quick. We'll put for, the hundred, for the $100 one. Yeah, right? for the $100 one. Yeah. Yes. The other one you can buy up until, you know, the day of. But cool. I think people would like a charcuterie tray and a bottle of wine these days. So I'd say. <laughs> I think, it, yeah, absolutely. Um, but we'll put a link up when we, when we post the, um, yeah. the interview um, with the podcast, we'll, we'll put a link up to um, WhitneyStrong.org. Um, actually we'll put a directly to the event because uh, our mutual friend, Lauren, who helped, uh, helped get us in touch with you today. A former um, talk, uh, talk about town guest, nonetheless. Yes, we've had Lauren on before. Um, so, yes, and Lauren 
is wonderful. We all love Lauren. So um, yes, and Lauren is a Whitney Strong board member. Yes, she is. Yeah, and I th- I was I thought she was. Um, so um, yeah, well, thank you again, Whitney, for sharing. And I'm sure it's a story that you've told many times. But we appreciate you taking the time to do it with us. And uh, I, it's it is it's fascinating. It's real. It's raw. It's it's um it's you know life. it. Yeah, it's life. I mean, and, and um, it's, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, not unique to you, but I think that um, just the way that you've rebounded, um, the way that you've come out of it, or whatever you want to, whatever, however you want to say it, just to, um, you know, the direction that you've taken with it, the positive message that you've uh, been able to, you know, and all the work that you've been doing with it, I think um, that's, that is unique to you. That's, pretty special well thank you i appreciate it and i hope we um we get to the point where we say this isn't life right we don't have to be in fear of mass violence or gun violence in general and just keep working on that that's that's what i have to do yes ma'am absolutely well thanks again whitney um go enjoy the lake yeah yeah have fun thank you all have fun with the family (laughs) All right. Wow. Um, pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like, where do we go from here after that? I know. And what, um, I think fortunately for the show, we're not doing this at the same time we did that interview. Uh, cause I know after the interview, I was like, well, holy moly. And, yeah. um, I mean, I was, I was really, I was moved listening to her to tears. No, no question. I'm a sensitive guy as you, you may or may not know. I'm sure Neil knows, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, having three kids of my own and just thinking about, you know, me not being around or, you know, in in her situation, the possibility of her not being around. And then uh, of course the work that she's doing, I mean, she took what could have been a tragic situation and has turned it into a positive um, and, and I think that, um, like Neil said in the interview, it, it'd be hard not to support what she's doing, regardless of your politics. Um, you know, I'm sure there's people out there, everybody has critics, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a pretty universal, um, sentiment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I do think that's that's my takeaway is something that is uh, tragic and crazy and taking that and turning that into positive action. I like it. Right. And don't forget to check out our event coming that's up. That's right. Um, on the, is it the 25th? 25th. 25th. Yeah. We'll put the right date in there um, and we'll have a link up so you can, you can, um, you know, click on it, check it out, donate. <laughs> All right. So, um, again, difficult to segue into really anything else after that, but, um, we do have some things to talk about. Um, so football's back as we mentioned in the, in the intro yeah. and being a sensitive dude too. I'm all in my feels about all kinds of stuff today. Check this one out. Here's a great story. <laughs> I'm in a, an annual contest that, um, you pick one team to win every week. You can only pick any team one time during the season. 
if you win, you advance. If you don't, you're out. Last person standing keeps the keeps the prize. Ten bucks to enter. Um, usually pay for my spot at our draft. Our draft was held over Zoom this year for obvious reasons. So I sent uh, my buddy a text this morning and said, hey, you want me to Venmo you for this? And he said, yeah, when my wife gets home, I'll, I'll give you her Venmo. Well, I haven't heard from him yet. And my team has already lost. <laughs> oh, and, and it's it, the, uh, this contest, it's, it's crazy. I've gone um, into like a three-way final race for it until til the very end. I've, I've made a bonehead pick that I knew I shouldn't have picked and gotten out. Uh, I can't remember. This is only the first or second time that week one I've lost. And, uh, and I haven't even paid him yet. So I need to pay him knowing that I lost. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's the gamble that you take, I suppose. Got to take the good with the bad. It is. I'm not a big gambler, but when football season comes around, obviously I play fantasy football, but this one is, uh, it can be really fun, but I'm, I'm cursing it this year. I understand. Well, and, and again, just, you know, we talked about it. Um, well, football's back, but it doesn't feel like it's back. I mean, you know, we watch football on TV, the NFL college, but, um, you know, the PAC 12 and the big 10, as of this moment are not participating in college football. And then in the NFL, um, you know, I watched the Ravens game or at least part of it today, no fans. Um, I guess the chiefs game, there were some fans, um, the Colts game, I guess there were some fans there were, but um, it's, it's just a, you know, we have, my, my family's always had season tickets to UL football um, for as long as I can remember. And I mean, I have no intention of going to any games this year. But, um, yeah, I love – I mean, I love to watch it. I love to go, but I just – you know, I, it just doesn't feel right. Um, they canceled all the sports in the spring um, because there was this global pandemic, and now all the sports are back, but we still have this pandemic. And if, if anything, it's worse than it was before. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess we know a little bit more about it. And, and with the NFL, I mean, they can – literally test every single day and um, and they tested um prior to today and evidently they had a hundred percent clearance from everybody so yeah i mean you know i i would love to see um and i think the nba did a really good job i would love to see them prove that they can do it and they can do it responsibly um but it's still like it, you can't have a hundred thousand people there fifty thousand or whatever um so that aspect of it is just weird. Like to, to see like the home team score a touchdown or have this really amazing play and there's just no noise, you know, you hear like, you can, you can hear the guys cheering on the sidelines. That's about it. Um, which that part of it is kind of cool. Like I do like, you know, there's, it's probably more audible in terms of like the, the actual on the field stuff. But, um, but yeah, like I said, it's, it was hard for me to get excited. So um, let's talk a little bit about our hometown teams and or players um, or, of college or alumni yeah or alumni right um, so last night UofL played Western Kentucky mm-hmm. and they were victorious looked really good in the first half our defense was pretty stout um, I guess they they allowed two touchdowns from like five yards out like a yeah. total of five yards on two touchdowns so um, 
you know, I, I think we did what we needed to do. They're an in-state team, so you don't want to crush them too bad. But um, I would have liked to have seen us put up more points, especially in the second half, because I we were I, I felt the the superior team. Um, but uh, you know, there's definitely some positive takeaway. Uh, defense much improved, which it had to be. It has mm-hmm. to be because, and I, I know we're playing Western Kentucky, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But um, Mikhail Cunningham, he looks like he's just getting better and better. He does. Uh, I was impressed with, I mean, uh, a lot of his throws that he made that were big gainers came backed way up, uh, which is that's exciting. You're like, gosh, we got, we just got to get out of this this uh, away from this goal line and boom, you know, 60 yard pass play or something. Yeah. He's, he's got, um, he's got a lot of talent around him uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I've got great running backs, great wide receivers, uh, good tight ends. I'm, you know, one thing I, I don't like seeing is, is um, as many design runs as they run for him because as talented as he is and he's skilled as he is with the football in his hands, he's just, he takes too many hits. He's not right. like Lamar, you know, despite what people say him being slight, like Lamar is much bigger and stronger than, than Mikhail. And right. he just has this knack for getting down and Mikhail, like I, it seems like literally every single game he's hobbled, you know, right. he's, he's uh. so, you know, we're playing um, armchair quarterback or coach from the sideline, you know, the fans, I don't know. They know better than us, obviously, but, um, I still, that's my opinion. If, if you're going to do anything different and not to say that he can never take off, but they, he has to pick his spots. I don't like seeing as many design runs as I saw. And like right. I said, every, it, it, he just always gets hurt. And, that, and the drop right. off from him is just pretty significant. Yeah. Well, how about, uh, Braden Smith? Wide receiver? Wide receiver. He, he actually, I was looking up some info. So in his Cardinal debut last night, mm-hmm. he he had over a hundred yards, um, had 114 in the first half. Last Cardinal to debut over a hundred yards. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Beyond Branch. Yes. Pull that one out. Pull that one out, uh, guys. Yeah, it was good job. And then I found a, another fun, interesting stat. Uh, Ian Pfeiffer. Um, the Vanderbilt graduate transfer that um, last season he held in two passes that went for a touchdown, uh, had touchdown last night. So he is the only player in program history to record a touchdown on his first three receptions. That's, that's pretty good numbers. Yeah. Three for three. All he does is all he does is score touchdowns. That's it. That's, that's all, all I does. do. <laughs> all I do is score touchdowns. Okay, so um, SEC hasn't started yet, so we don't don't have anything to say about the cats. Um, yeah, and I don't know what to say. I don't either. Not really. I guess we'll see. And it's a bit of a disclaimer: we obviously this is our show is you know Louisville based, community based. We're not you know sports commentators by profession, but I guess you'll know that. But we like to think that we have pretty strong opinion well pretty solid opinions when it comes to sports pretty knowledgeable um i was a sport administration major in college for whatever that's worth but um but yeah so you know we'll uh you know throw throw some sports in there too just again keep it keep it and local and uh next week college game day is in louisville it is Uh, however 
Yes. Um, however, I will not be in Louisville. So, yeah. When there's, I'm thinking not going to be, it's not going to be a typical game day. It's just, it, it won't be, but you know, it's, it's fun. I, I like Louisville getting, uh, getting exposed exposure, not exposed. (laughs) Right. Getting exposed is not ideal. Yeah. That's usually less than ideal. So, um, NFL Lamar Jackson, he, man, he is, he's good. He throws a pretty ball. Um, you know, his debut draft process, you know, people asking him if he would play a different position, he's like, no. And, he, you know, he falls and he, he, I had that game on in the background while I was watching the Colts game today. He's just really good. <laughs> He's really good. Yeah. I mean, like what a weapon to have as a quarterback, like, you know, I mean, and he's only getting better. I mean, he's, this is his third season as an NFL player. Think about his progression from his freshman year to his junior year in college. Um, mm. So, I mean, think of it that way like his rookie season to his his third season in the nfl um and well i mean he was the mvp last year uh you know he won his heisman heisman trophy in the sophomore year arguably had a better season as a junior mm-hmm. um i mean i think he could end up having better numbers this year um and and not get the mvp just because they're like well, you know they get oh, you gotta sp- you gotta spread the love <laughs> well it's like when russell westbrook got uh the triple double like he had a season of triple doubles which hadn't been done since oscar robertson and then he did it again and then he did it a third time and they're like oh, right. you know, whatever he gets triple doubles no big deal <laughs> um but uh so i think that it's easy to um take for granted just how great he is because he's so consistently great so like when we watched him in college and he would have like 200 yards passing and 150 yards rushing and and three touchdowns instead of like 400 yards passing and 300 yards rushing and eight touchdowns like oh you know he didn't play that well he just had a mediocre game (laughs) but most players would kill to have a game like that and um so anyway now he's doing the same thing in the nfl people said he couldn't do it but if you watched the game today like he had opportunities to run, but he held onto the ball and, mm. and hung in the pocket and made passes. And so, I mean, I think that's what you're going to see just the progression of Lamar is not, he's always a threat to run, mm. but, um, but you're going to have to respect him as a passer. And his, his touch on his deep ball has just gotten. It's, it's ridiculous. I saw him placing the ball to um, just, just brilliantly, you know, um, shoulder throws and and things like that well in his the different arm angles that he can throw the ball with Mm -hmm. like and get that zip on it like i mean the dude the ball just flies like it just it's got that i don't know um it's audio format not going to get the full effect but he is uh he is just an amazing talent and the fact that he plays quarterback so he's he's your best football player who plays quarterback um but i mean the thing is like like you're saying i mean he's the he's a legit quarterback. You could put him anywhere on the field and he would be successful, but because he's the best player and the most dynamic player, you want him to have the ball every time, you know? I mean, that's, I mean, he's, yeah. And as long as he stays healthy, knock on wood, he is, uh, you know, he's going to put up really big numbers this year too. And they crushed the lowly Browns, Mm -hmm. which I think is, is funny because the Browns, I don't know. We'll see. They got a new coach. They've got a lot of talent. I mean, they've got, 
amazing offensive talent. You know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Baker Mayfield, I think is a good player. And you've got yeah. Odell Beckham and you've got um, Landry. Jarvis Landry, yeah. Yeah. I, so I think um, it just kind of shows you, and it, it may, it, I don't know, it's a long season, but it just shows you that it takes more than just talent to win. It's all about getting the right pieces. You know, yeah, and the chemistry and the the mindset and right. um, it, you know, it's a lot about the the scheme and overall philosophy of the coaches a lot more than in in other sports because you see guys that are studs and go to a different team and they don't perform the same way. Right. Well, I mean, I think that that's kind of like the Belichick thing is you just he just plugs in different pieces and they always seem to do their part and do their role and so maybe even players that were mediocre are now stars with him or stars become role players and do, and, and just buy in, you know? Yep. So um, I don't know, but uh, do you want to talk about your Colts? Man, <laughs> <laughs> they were my pick on this eliminator league uh, playing against the Jags who have shipped out all this talent look to be tanking. And uh, there was hardly any defense played in the game and Rivers, you know, he, he has had a, a long career and he's a little bit of a gunslinger, but he, he threw an ill-advised pass that got intercepted and basically sealed the game. My, my takeaway, my hope is, you know, the Chargers had a lot of um, slow starts that they end up turning around and being really good. So maybe, that, maybe that's Rivers. Maybe it wasn't just the Chargers. I don't know. I mean, the thing about it is, I mean, he numbers wise, 36 of 46 for 363 yards, but then he had just the one touchdown and two picks that that's always been my issue with Philip rivers. I mean, he's, he's going to have hall of fame numbers and he'll probably be a hall of famer, but you know, I think he hurts you as much as he helps you because he, I don't know. Um, he just throws so many interceptions. Um, the only person who throws more interceptions probably is Jameis Winston. So, um, yeah. and they, you know, Jameis Winston's got all the talent in the world. And so it's about decision-making and yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Philip Rivers coming to the Colts, um, suppose he's an upgrade from Jacoby Brissett, but um, you know, you, we were talking about it the other day. You, you need to have somebody who um kind of is in between you know phil rivers takes too many chances jacoby Brissett took like no chances yeah. so <laughs> pick and choose the chances that you're willing to take but uh anyway yeah i know it's disappointing um for you as a colts fan um but it's well it's early. i've tried to go into this season with no expectations for once and it, it's probably a good idea that's always helpful i always yeah like when you have low expectations then anything above low is a win. So yeah, um, that's uh, that's how we approach real estate, really. Just us, low <laughs> bar, low bar. No, um, but uh, so one other notable U of L alum that was playing today, Teddy Bridgewater, made his debut for the Carolina Panthers. Um, I, I saw some highlights, and I think he did really well, but they didn't win. Yeah, they lost. It was a bit of a shootout, thirty-four to thirty, to the Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, um, thirty-four to thirty. And but Teddy was twenty-two to thirty-four, two hundred seventy yards, and a touchdown. He also ran the ball four times for twenty-six yards, six and a half yards per carry. So that's pretty good. But um, 
you know, it's first game, new team. He played well. I mean, one thing about Teddy, you know, the opposite of Rivers is, I mean, he's not going to make a whole lot of mistakes. No. You know, he's, he's, I think he's more than a game manager. People say he's a game manager. You know, that's what he was in Minnesota, whatever. I, th- I think he has more talent than a game manager. Maybe mm-hmm. he's not a top five quarterback in the league, but I, I think he definitely is in the upper half. And, um, and he's just a great leader. I mean, that's what I noticed about him at, um, you know, throughout his career and just at UofL, just he's, he's a great guy to have in the locker room. Mm-hmm. He's always going to be positive. He's always got a smile on his face. And he just, you know, he leads by example. He doesn't talk a lot. He just plays. Um, so anyway, I, um, I hope he does well, just amazing comeback story. When you think about the injury that he had, people didn't yeah. think he'd even play again. So now to get a, a, a contract as a starter, um, hope he does well, love some Teddy. So anyway, yeah, so we're going out of town this, uh, this week, my, my family, um, that'll be a little bit of venture. We'll, we'll uh, stay safe and, and cautious. Um, I will be on cat duty. Yes. You got to take care of the cats. Yes. I'm Neil's cat sitter when he goes out of town. <laughs> Works out because I only live right around the corner and they don't require too much. Um, but uh, yeah, well, certainly I'll miss you, but I'm sure I'll still talk to you because we talk pretty much every day. We do. Yeah, we'll talk. Um, where uh, the kids will will part of this was like, well, why don't we all go? I'm going to a conference, and uh, everybody's working from home right now, so we're renting one of those Sprinter vans, so every kid has their own row. That's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, that's always that's always I think a good thing when you're um, traveling with children, really of any age. But we uh, we had to have the minivan when I was a kid because my brother and I being in the same row would not it did not work well yeah like if we could touch each other it was bad right so we had to have separation um fortunately we don't do that anymore we can we can sit next to each other without hitting each other <laughs> that's good yeah i know it only took 30 years or so no, i'm just kidding <laughs> um but uh, yeah we actually my brother and i used to fight all the time but we we made a kind of a truce when we were teenagers because at that point we could just like really hurt each other. Right. So it was like, we would, we would break things or break each other or both. Um, so yeah, we, uh, get along pretty well these days. He's a good guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess we leave it here. I guess we leave it here. We, um, see what, see what happens. Who knows? Uh, feel feels weird right now. Like football's sort of back and, School's kind of back and think well, know, and we normally we normally have a pretty um you know pretty fun show, like we like to keep it pretty light. uh the mood is just a little different after having Whitney on um not bad, it's just it's heavy, and yeah. um you know, but we are again so thankful that she was willing to to join us, and I think um you know that's that's kind of where we where we were going with the show um show like we said is community based we want to talk to interesting people um you know that are that have some sort of ties to the community so they may not live here they may not be from here but they have a connection to the city and uh so we going forward we're going to have a lot of cool guests and um interesting people to talk to um you know not that we're not interesting but uh i think that 
they provide just easy content. It's good, you know, you get somebody talking about something they're passionate about. Uh, I think other people like to hear that and want to listen to it. So um, anyway, yeah. So again, thanks to Whitney for, for joining um, the organization, WhitneyStrong.org. Uh, check it out. And uh, yeah, that's all I got today. Sounds good. Go Cards. Go Cards. Thanks for listening to Talk About Town. Don't forget to check our social media at TalkAboutTownKY. Drop us a line at neil at talkabouttownky.com. Jeremy at talkabouttownky.com. Neil Cox and Jeremy Judah are your friendly realtors with Judah Real Estate Group. 